Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Madiba. If you happen to be in our area, you are most welcome to visit us. You'll surely feel at home. We appreciate your prayers for our ministry. We hope today's sermon will be edifying to you, your family, and your friends. Welcome.
fights and it takes and it takes and it fights and lives me through the cross
Bless you, church. It's really a privilege this morning to have been gathered in this fashion, amen? And just to be able to wake up and be called sons and daughters of God, it's a, a great privilege and a, a blessing indeed, amen? So we, we thank you. Just a few things before we call upon our dear pastor is that our brother Watt is not here this morning. Um, I understand that he's relocating to Leidenberg, and then we'll see him in, in future. And then um, just one more thing that the pastor asked that we a little bit elaborate on it. I think few or many of you got messages from him yesterday regarding the, the late coming. Amen. <clears throat> Did we get them? Yes. Oh, so I wanted to say, if you didn't get it, we can resend it. <laughs> so um, I think he, he, it's a concern from the pastor that um, his preference will be the technical team to be here as early as around 8 o'clock, the latest quarter past 8, I think, and the sound team and the... Um, uh, my dear brothers here, half past seven, half past eight. Is that one Ramallah? Half past eight. Half past eight. Is it fine? Is it fine? Is it fine? Half past eight. Half past seven. Oh, half. oh okay. Oh. We make a plan, Malak. Okay, right. So that, that's the intention, and the rest of us, we are expected to be here. By 9 o'clock, we should be sitting. By 9 o'clock, we, are, we don't enter. We'll be sitting at 9. Amen? Yeah, 9 o'clock, we are sitting here. And then from next week, I will be looking at those that come late. When we are sitting, when somebody comes, we look at, hey, who is there? So we'll be coming, 9 o'clock, we'll be sitting. So um, I, I think personally it's, it's a good thing. Whether I, 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 
I do it or not, if something is right, it's right. It doesn't matter what you think, but if something is right, it's right. I imagine myself when we go to work and I'm expected to be there at 6 o'clock, I'm there. It doesn't matter whether I slept there 12 o'clock at night or 1 o'clock, but 6 o'clock I have to be at cream. That's it. It's a non-negotiable thing. So, and I do that daily, and I'm used to it. So can we do that and just show that we we are honoring and we respect God on time? And I can assure you, people that will do that, God will not will 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 bless them in ten. Definitely will. So may God bless you. Let us do that. And I'm told that the library will open from next week. So there are books that we can just have a look at them and. And I think the pastor was talking about other individual matter. Maybe we'll have to see them, what kind of books. And so we'll, we'll be open next week. So you can just come and have a look and see which books you want to order. Then you can order them. They pack them for you. And then you come, you take them, you read them. Hallelujah. Amen. Are we still reading? Yeah, so our generation, they are no longer reading. So, but we, it's not, it's not our generation, it's the generation after me. <laughs> they don't read. <clears throat> so, but uh, God bless you. Let us do that, and then let's call upon our dear pastor. I think every heart in preparation for the wait, that's the reason we are here. Singing is just an addition, music and everything, all these things they are preparing us to hear God speaking. Amen? So let us just sing a worshiping song, Brother Mutau, and our pastor is coming.
Amen. I greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you happy to be in the service this morning? Amen. I travel very well to Cape Town and I'm bringing greetings from Cape Town to you. Amen. So we had a blessed time and thank you for your prayers. Amen. When you travel, you need the prayers of the church where you come from where you come from uh, because sometimes I was uh, remember sometime I was somewhere where they had invited me you know when people invited you they have spent money on the flights on accommodation and the night before I, I felt like I was losing my voice I say what a waste Amen so that's when you needed the prayers of the saints to stand in the gap Amen and when I was there, not kept on other place, but by the following morning, my voice was restored. Amen. Amen. And then I said, the saints are praying for me. Amen. Amen. So keep on praying for me, and I appreciate that. Amen. Now, let us just go to the brother Mpanyanes, clear to the issues of our, we call them housekeeping issues. Amen. The, the deacons have dealt with that. Uh, let's do as requested. Amen. Uh, uh, you know, I was in Cape Town. Cape Town is one of the hot spots for COVID-19. Uh, but goodness, the believers there have got no fear for Corona. <laughs> I said they've got no fear for Corona. Yeah. Amen. So we, in total, we had 500 believers. Uh, don't say they are breaking ro- lockdown regulations. They had a way that they had put the believers in separation. They've got a stand just next to the uh, tabernacle, so they would put hundreds somewhere, hundreds somewhere, hundreds somewhere. But how they had put. In total, it was more than 500. I said, this is leadership. Amen. Because you can't turn people back. You have to make a plan. Are you still with me? So don't fear Corona. We're going to worship God. Corona has had its own season. Uh, We paid respect to it, but now it's no longer its season. Uh, we we need to carry on with the business of God. Amen. While being applying common sense, but also applying the super sense. Amen. As we turn to the book of Daniel, I think they have told you the books have arrived. Uh, we wish every family. We want to go back into. We know you have been reading. There is something that the devil has robbed us today. Uh, how many old timers are in the building? Uh, how many appreciated having a seven-sealed book or a church page book? Then the devil lied to us and said, "Ah, you why why should you have a book because you've got it on your phone? Yeah. On your phone you will never read, never." 
As soon as you read, WhatsApp comes. Are you still? Let's go back where we read and shade. Are you still with it? Where you have got your library, your own library, where you've got all those books. Amen. So that uh, I think the approach will be ministers are here. If somebody comes and say, I will preach on adoption. By the time we preach on adoption, you as a church has, have gone through adoption. A reading church is a stable church. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Let's turn to the book of Daniel, uh, the first chapter, and verse 8 and 9. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, it reads in this manner. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. Nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the Enoch that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the Enoch. You call him Enoch, ne? Amen. My pronunciation is foreign. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are reporting for duty this morning. And Lord, firstly, we appreciate you for preserving us. And Lord, we know, as Brother Chetty indicated, his family almost involved in an accident, but the mighty angel was there to stand in the gap and none of them have been harmed. We appreciate that, dear God, because you take care of us. And every believer this morning have various thanksgivings in their hearts. They can say, the Lord has done it, the Lord has done it. That is why we can come to the house of the Lord and worship you and appreciate you for what you have done for us. Lord, we want to commit the reading of the word to you. May you undertake for us and let every spirit come under the control of the Holy Spirit. And all these things we ask them for your glory in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you richly as you take your seats for a couple of minutes. Amen. Now, the... We appreciate the Lord for everything. Sister Michelle just got a job. Amen. Yeah, so we appreciate we appreciate the Lord. Amen. It is grace for a young girl to go through varsity and come out and still be a believer. Especially in our time. Amen. So over over and above the job, we thank God that you are still a believer, Sister Michelle, and represented us very well at tertiary. Amen. 
uh, we have never been called by any of the people that we asked them to take care of you while you were there, meaning that all has been in order. Amen. Amen. So we appreciate the Lord for everything. I want to speak this morning on my, the title of my message is Fit, Fit for Purpose. Amen. Fit for Purpose. That's what I want to, if we can just slightly reduce the money, just slightly. Fit for purpose. Amen. That's what I want to speak about this morning. Now, Brother Brennan, when they speak about something that is fit for purpose, it simply means that you, it means something is well equipped or well suited for its designated role or purpose. So that means it's like fitting something, it's like something fitting so perfectly like a hand into a glove. When we say, when you are meant to do something and you fit into that role, or when you are meant to be something and you fit into whatever you were meant to be. Amen. That means you were designed for that specific role or for that specific purpose. Are you still with me? And they say amen to help me know that I know you are in church. Amen. Amen. Now, that's what we want to speak about because here the scripture says David, when they had gone into captivity, and David, we know he had a favor with Nebuchadnezzar, he had a favor with the people in Babylon, but the Bible says, but David had purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. It is very, it is very rare to find people that have got proximity to power but while they have proximity to power, to tell power what they can or what they can, what they can or what they cannot do. Are you still with me? Many people have lost their principles and values because as soon as they were brought into people into power, they somewhat became shy to tell those people who they were. And they just compromised and as a result, God wiped off. Uh, you, you know, uh, you can tell other, your uncle, drunkard, and say, I will never go and buy you a beer. But when Mr. Kuos van, van der Merve says, go and get me beer, you are shaking. You can't tell him that I cannot go and buy beer because of proximity to power. Are you still with me? It takes a certain it takes a certain caliber of men to be principled and stand on his convictions, irrespective of who they are with and where they are. Do you know what I'm talking about? How many people have you seen crumbling under pressure? Uh, uh, amen. He doesn't drink, but they pass a wine, and he says, "Maybe I just taste." so that it must not look awkward. That's, that, it was by design by Satan to be that way so that you can crumble under pressure. Can I get an amen? 
Now, Brother Brenham, in the message, question and answers, paragraph 109, he says something here which is going to help you. He says in this message, paragraph 109, he says, they asked him a question in COD. How does one know their rightful position in the body of Christ? How many of us have ever been confronted by this question in our personal lives? How many? You, you, you get it? And, and sometimes it, it doesn't mean that if you are a pastor, you would not ask yourself this question. This question, everyone that takes their role in the body of Christ would ask, Lord, what is my role in the body of Christ? What do you want me to be and what do you want me to do? And whatever the Lord wants you to do, he has capacitated you to do that. Are you still with me? You know that you can be a sister and be a soul winner. I say you can be a sister and be a soul winner. And win more souls to the kingdom of God than even the evangelist can do. I know what I'm talking about. Without you being a preacher. Why? Brother Brenham speaks even before I get into this quotation. He speaks about that old mama that arranged a revival meeting. And he said he, she went on to print the tracts. And every day she would be out giving out the tracts to everyone, inviting them to a meeting. And he had invited a minister to come and minister to those. This mini meeting was arranged by a sister. Is there any other books, folks? A sister arranged a revival meeting and invited a, a revivalist to come and minister in that meeting. And uh, the prophet tells us that that night it was just the sister and the evangelist and uh, no one was there. And the evangelists begin to preach and I like this kind of evangelist that don't depend on the crowd. Uh, are you still with me? God will never make you to preach to 20,000 if you cannot be trusted with two. And a, a real minister doesn't care about how many people are there. He cares about the truth that he preaches. Uh, are you still with me? Now this evangelist began to preach and we are told towards the tail end of the service a young man walked into the service and took a service, uh, a seat and when an altar call was made, he came to the fore and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as his personal savior. And he went on to win millions to the kingdom of God. And Brother Bram says, in eternity, those millions will be traced back to that old woman. Are you still? She did never fold her arms and said, she was what I would call, she was fit for purpose. Are you still with me? Fit for purpose. Now, the prophet says in this message, this asked him a question, how does one know their rightful position in the body of Christ? Then paragraph 53, he says something there. Now, this is where uh, people, especially when you are a pastor, you become a stewardship 
a steward of gifts in the church. Uh, do you know that? Uh, you, 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 you may not be a good singer, but you know who will sing. Uh, hallelujah. You, you, you know who will preach. You, you know, I, I, I know, I exactly know every minister in this church, I know what spiritual vitamin they bring to this church. Are you still with me? And when I say to a brother, I say, brother, can you minister for us? That means as a pastor, I have identified a need. And I know that this brother, through his gift, he will minister and fulfill a particular need in the assembly. Are you still with me? When a pastor requests you to preach, that means he has We don't just say, come and preach because we want to impress you. It's a deliberate process. We pray about it and say, brother, come and minister. Are you, are you still with me? I know in some places, uh, pulpit is being pre- used to, to retain people in church, not in this church. Can I get an amen on that? I know in certain places, music is being used to retain people in, in the church, not in this church. The, in this church, we've got a standard. I say we've got a standard. Am I preaching to myself? Do you have a standard in this church? Or can anybody preach to you? Or can anybody just sing to you? There must be a standard. And a standard, it it talks about a lot of things. I'll come into that some other time. But Brother Branham says in this message, he says, they, they asked him that question, how does one know their rightful position in the body of Christ? And as he's answering that, then there is this way comes, and this is resonating with me. Brother Ram says, then usually, way I wash it for myself, just this is me. I watch the nature of the person and see what kind of gift that they are professing. You, do you see? A gift goes with the nature. I, 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 can I get an amen on that? You, 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 can't, you can't say I'm an evangelist, but you're not evangelizing. Are you, are you still with me? God, if you are an evangelist, God gives you a nature of an evangelist. Evangelist, wherever he sees a group of people, he thinks it's an opportunity to, to win one soul. Are you still with me? An evangelist, when he goes on a work assignment somewhere, I'm telling you, whether you like it or not, in no time, there will be church there. If it's in a construction company, there will be a service wherever they are lodging. That's an evangelist. Are you still... Evangelist doesn't care about the pulpit in church. Actually, when evangelist has come to a church like this, he feels out of place. Because this is a ready-made material. He wants to go out there where there are sinners and declare the gospel of Jesus Christ and bring a condemnation to them and bring them into the church. Are you still with me? Watch the nature of a person. And in the message of the hour, we have heard a mess. Because most evangelists went on to say they can become pastors. An evangelist can go into an area and can start a church that has got a thousand people but within three months, he will reduce that thousand back to zero. 
Because why? He is not made to take care. If you cry before an evangelist, he will tell you, don't be a baby. A crying believer needs a pastor. The pastor will bring tissues and say, let's cry and cry with you. But not an evangelist. How many know what I'm talking about? An evangelist is needed when sisters don't know how to dress. He will come and address them. But once they wear long dresses and they dress modestly, he doesn't know what to say anymore. He needs to move to another batch of people. Can I have an amen? But again, evangelists in church is needed from time to time. Because there are certain things that creep into the church. Before we know it, we look like the world. You need evangelists to come and say, repent or perish. Ah, an evangelist doesn't know whether doesn't care whether you've got an appointment after service for lunch with him. He will rip you to pieces. But why? Watch the nature of the man. That's why I can't have an evangelist preaching you uh, service after service. You will die. One service to shock you is, is enough. Amen. Can we say amen to that? Now, he says, this is me. This this is the prophet. He says, I watch the nature of the person and see what kind of a gift that they are professing. Nature. Uh, I I don't know, folks. I don't know. Uh, I I, I was told the other time there is a minister... Uh, I was told that he, and I was looking for him after around towards 8 o'clock in the evening and I was told that no, you won't, you won't find him as soon as it's 8 o'clock he switches the phone off then I say, what kind of a pastor is this? that has got a pastor, a pastor does not have waking hours amen. if the ship needs him at 2 o'clock he's available amen. can I get an amen there? Are you with me? Now we say, I watch the nature of the person and see what kind of a gift that they are professing. See, God will work with his creature the way he has made him. God will work with his creature the way he has made him. So that means how you have been designed. God had a purpose about you and he has capacitated you to be fit for the purpose. Yes. Uh, are you still with me? If, if you're a musician, music is in you. Uh, are you with me? If, if you're, and it says, paragraph 54, brother, let's carry on. He says, if you see him really flighty, not being settled, and going on, and he says, the Lord called me for such and such to be a pastor. A pastor can be a flighty person. Amen. This is where I'm going to give my personal experiences. The other time I was, I think I was in Zimbabwe, and a pastor told me that I had gone there for a weekend. And now when I got there, I picked up that now they had a, a program for me that, okay, you are here but we need you to go to such and such place. And now they had a program for two weeks for me where I had gone, planned to go for a weekend. Now, 
I remember when I came where I was staying, they had already taken my, my laundry and washed and ironed and say, you are ready. Then I looked and say, hey, they have relieved my wife of the work that she needed to do. Because me, I am going home. Are you still with me? If I say I'm going somewhere and I say I will return on such and such day, I never postpone. Are you still with me? Then I remember I said to the pastor, I said, Pastor, remember, I'm not an evangelist, I'm a pastor. And I need to be in my post of duty. I cannot disappear forever. If I've got a program, I've put a program in place when I left, and when that program comes to an end, I had much better be at home. Uh, Are you still with me? The the church, if your husband leaves, you want to know when is he coming back. He can't leave and later phone and say, I won't be back tonight, I'll be back next week. Then you wonder what type of a husband is this? Are you still with me? But an evangelist can go. I know of an evangelist that was in Africa. I think it was in Gabon. And when he was in Gabon, as he was moving out, then he saw an area, he asked them, is a message evangelist? Then he asked the people and said, is there a message there? They said, there is no message. Immediately, he said, no, I'm not going home. <laughs> then they had to go to the immigration officials. It was back and forth because he just needed one more week Amen. to be in that area to preach the gospel. And after he was there in one week, a church was born. But you can't say because somebody who was there has done it, everybody will do it. No, say you watch the nature of the man. I, I, I hope we are together here. I made Pastor Kumo Muzin Botswana laugh. I say, myself, I'm not a missionary. I'm a visiting minister. Amen. Then he laughed. I said, you see, you booked me into a hotel. Missionaries, you don't book them into a hotel. You just look and say, hey, brother, you'll sleep here on the floor. And the missionary will not have a problem. Because that's his nature. This brother right here. You know what I'm talking about. But we visiting ministers, brother, but he knows we worry about, is accommodation sorted? Will I be able to come back? And I can't pretend to be what I'm not. If missionaries talk, I can't pretend to be a missionary. I'm not a missionary. Are you still with me? There are certain things that missionaries can do that no one will do. And if you dare pretend, if you dare try to impersonate a missionary, you will be in trouble. Missionary can go into an area when they get there, they will dress the way the people dress there. Are you with me? If a missionary goes into an area and he's got five suits, he gets there and he realizes that people are not changing clothes, he's not going to change clothes. Are you still with me? I hope you have to be built and be fit for purpose. If a missionary goes into an area and they get there, there are places where they eat rats. A missionary will not lift his nose. A missionary will still rejoice and eat that dish and declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. But no one can do that. You'll end up offending people. So stay in your post of duty. Ah, hallelujah. Does it sink in, folks? 
You can't be everything to everyone. You have to. And the problem today, people, the reason they are depressed, they want to be everything. Amen. So the Lord, he says, the, if a man says the Lord called me for such and such to be a pastor. Now, a pastor can be a flighty person. A pastor is solid and sound. And if a man says, God called me to be a teacher, watch him how he interprets the weight. And see, and see, he gets it all mixed up and everything. Then you can tell. But then the thing to do, your position is usually known whether you can do it or not. Folks, if you can do it, it will show you can do it. And if you cannot do it, it will show that you cannot do it. But, you know, when it comes to the matters of God, you must be honest with yourself. Can I do this? Or can I not do this? Now, when God called me to be an evangelist, I wanted to be a pastor. And I thought staying at home here would just be fine. Then the Lord called me, and finally, all, all the people got together. There's not a one of them left tonight here. That they cried and went out there on 1717 Spring Street. And the lady, Mrs. Hawkins, during, uh, over there, met me and said, crying during the time of depression, when one in the neighborhood would cook a mess of beans and would come in and eat from that. And she said, I will allowance my children at the table if you'll only build a tabernacle, see. And my calling was an evangelist. You see, Brother Brennan understood the face of his ministry. And in one message, he says, actually, he says, let's continue. Laying here at this corner stove, if, you, if we could burst in there tonight, you'll see a fly leaf of my Bible where he told me to be an evangelist. See, I wasn't a successful pastor. The prophet says, as a pastor, I was not successful because I was not called to be a pastor. But I was called to do the work of an evangelist because we later know that after he has done the work of an evangelist, he went on to become the prophet of the age. Are you still with me? But he knew that that is why he had Brother Omen Neville as a pastor at Brenham Tabernacle. Because Brother Brenham could not be a pastor. They had to be a pastor. Are you still with me? And that is what we call a balanced church. He says, I wasn't a successful pastor. Never would be. Because I haven't got the patience and what it takes to be a pastor. Being a pastor takes the patience. You, you see, when evangelist looks at the church, all he's thinking, that one must be excommunicated. That one must be kicked out. Look at that dress. Look at but a pastor is very patient. Hallelujah. He's nurturing by nature. And, and I know, you know, if we had given up on certain people in the early years, they wouldn't be here today. It took patience. Bearing with, there are certain things that we can bear with, 
But there are certain things that are unbearable. There you've got to find a balance. You can't run around with women and later you say, we need to bear with it. That one will not even tolerate it. You are gone. You, 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 you get what I mean? He says, I haven't got the patience and what it takes to be a pastor. So therefore, if I try to pastor, I would just be as far out as a pastor trying to be an evangelist. Ooh. This is good. Brother, let's move. Let's leave that one and come to standing in the gap. I'm still on feet for a purpose. Now, in this one, maybe let me just give you a background. Brother Brenham, he, he, you know, he liked to be out in the woods hunting. And later on, he just preferred to be out in the woods. And he wanted to stay permanently in the woods. And the Lord said, no, it will not work. You see, because he looked at the nature of the Old Testament prophets and he thought he could emulate them in the end time. Now, you know, people like John the Baptist would be out in the, in the wilderness and eat locusts and have animal skin as a clothing and come out of the wilderness, declare, thou says the Lord, and return back to the wilderness. So Brother Brenham had an idea that he had to be like that. But listen to what God said to him. And he said, God said, your wife will go too. She won't live up there in the hills like that. And you will become a bum just as the dream showed you would be. Now, brother, are you still with me? God said, if you do that, your wife is not designed. You know, when God calls a man, he calls his wife. Are you, and if you want to share, if you want to know what a ministry man has, watch his wife. If you want to know what a ministry man has, watch his family. It will paint a picture whether they, what they profess to have, indeed they possess that. Are, are you still with me? Now, Brother Branham, now God is telling Brother Branham what you are desiring to be. Your wife is not capacitated for that. You will get into trouble. And I have seen a lot of people getting into trouble. Where a man is not called to be a pastor, but he does to be a pastor. In no time, he and the wife are divorced. Because why? She's not designed to take the pressure of the ministry. Because why? The man is not called for that. The wife is the first one that will disintegrate. Don't take your wife where you have not been called to. You will destroy your family. You'll destroy your children. Can somebody say amen to that? The whole family must move in unit. If you are evangelist, your wife must have the makeup of evangelist. Evangelist does not have predictability in terms of the schedule. It does not work like that. With evangelist, there are times where you will not even know what to eat that night. You rely on people donating on you. And if you're the kind of wife that will say, ah, such and such, this, such and thing, I want to be like them, it's not going to work. You're going to disintegrate. Most evangelists are poor. 
It's difficult to find. I'm not talking about the ones that you see on television. A real evangelist is a poor one. Because when an evangelist goes into an area, he's wearing nice shoes. By the time they move out of the area, he's barefooted. He has given the shoes to somebody else. He goes into an area, he's got five shoes. He has lost all of them. And even turns around to say to you, to you as a wife, and say, wife, uh, I know you've got six dresses, but we are living with one. Is it true, Brother Chetty? Now, if you are not capacitated for that, you will have depression, high blood pressure will admit you. You have to be fit for purpose. Does it sink in, folks? The problem today, you know, I look at the brother Freddy when they play the piano. As they are playing the piano, the dexterity that they show on the piano, uh, I, 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 I tried it in my house, I've got a piano. And I look and I say, Lord, have mercy. You know, they, the way they do it, it, it feels like it, it, it's so easy. It's like everyone can do it. Some of the sisters sometimes study by the way they say, you just say, ah, it's a matter of time. If I be given the mic, I'll hit those nose. You are not going to hit them. If you are not capacitated, I'm simply making you understand. You may observe somebody doing something and think it's easy. Get into their shoes, you'll realize overnight that it's not as easy as you think. I spoke to Brother George Martin the other time. I said, I remember I was a boy in his church sometime back and he was preaching and he says, if you want to be a pastor, you don't know what you are getting yourself into. And I remember, I don't know whether I was sitting in the balcony in my heart. I said, come on, Brother George. You go overseas. This is a beautiful church. It's nice to be a pastor. Everybody loves you. Everybody calls you a pastor. Oh, it must be nice. Uh, later, I became a pastor. Then I had to give him a call and repent and say, you remember, now I understand. Because there are challenges that you just see 15 minutes a man preaching, but you don't know what he goes through. Amen. Can I get an amen there? Amen. Now, he said, let's carry on on that one, 120, 120. He says, I said, I don't, want, I don't want to be that. I don't want to have to live like that. I want to do something different. I was told that you had called me to be a prophet. I want to live in the wilderness like the prophet. But I was using my own excuse so I could hunt my own good. <laughs> how many how many people are moving around the world they call them they, they are calling themselves the evangelist but they don't go I mean you can't just be an evangelist and your only field is Europe and America when are you going to Kenya when are you going to the jungles of Congo you can't, be, you can't go always go to Europe, get booked into a five-star hotel, and call yourself an evangelist. You are not an evangelist. You are a tourist. 
and he is the prophet. He wants to give an impression that he wants to be like the Old Testament prophet, but only to find out that he is a hunter. Come on, can somebody say amen to that? What am I doing? What you say you are, are you honestly what you are? Or you are using it as a camouflage of being something else? And remember, I gave you that example many times where those two men had put on a zebra costume. And they were moving like zebras, moving among zebras because they looked and walked like zebra. But uh, while they were there, lions came. And real zebras took a leap. Now these men couldn't run. They, they looked like a zebra. They walked like a zebra. But when, they, when it was needed for something that was fit for purpose, they couldn't respond. Zebras ran away. The lion was there by their side. Lucky somebody had a gun next to, next to them. So when you say you're a message believer, you're going to attract the challenges of a message believer. Are you still with me? You, you cannot say you're a message believer and get challenges of a Methodist. No, the intensity is going to be so severe that you must be capacitated to withstand whatever challenges that come your way. You can't be. You can't pretend to be something that you are not. Let's carry on. He says it was my own excuse so that I could hunt my own good. And it says, in paragraph 121, it says, and he said, but that was the prophets of the, this is God telling him, but that was the prophets of the Old Testament. Let me park here for a while. I met young men in the message. Yeah, there are some young men that preach. They never get married. And they say they are like Paul. Are you with me? Not most of them that started preaching and refusing to marry as they aged and refused to marry and said they were Paul, not long they fell into sin. Because you are not Paul. Are you still with me? You don't know what challenges that Paul met. A young man must get married. A young man that does not get married becomes a suspect. There are certain age, once you reach and you are not married, you are a suspect. Who is accountable for you? Who knows whether you are sleeping home or you are not sleeping home? If you say you are responsible for what? You don't have a dog? Nothing. Are you still with me? Am I right, brother? At some point in time, a young man must get married. This thing of young men becoming even the, the, the beard turning gray and they're not getting married. They say, I'm like Paul. No, say, who are you fooling? Most of the times you are living double lives. I have preached. You, you can clap hands 
You can clap hands for that because it's the truth. Brother, you know, brother Mpanyana, you know, brother Philip, you know. As soon as we got the job, the first thing that we wanted to do as young people, we wanted to get married. But today, young men, either is this investment, they've got stories. And you wonder why they are not stable. A wife will make you stable. A wife will make you stable. That bed, single bed that you are sleeping on, it will not last overnight when the wife moves in. Those that avoid to get married, a lot of times they avoid responsibility. You know, sisters. Well, after I got married, I had bought small furniture. But later after I got married, we were supposed to move. I realized that now we needed... I used to, mo- I used to move. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> now I remember I was in Pretoria. We were moving somewhere. We did not even need a bag. It was my friend and I, we just moved. <laughs> no bike, but we moved. <laughs> and later after I got married, I needed two bikes to move. <laughs> then I realized something happened. <laughs> amen. amen. Can you say amen to that? Fit for purpose. Brahmanas, it's like that. God bless you. Now he said, but that was, the old, that was the prophets of the Old Testament. You have been called to be, to be there in a much higher office than that. He said, you have more gifts besides that. You were called to pray for the sick and to preach the gospel in the apostolic form. You know of greater things, many great gifts. He said, why do you wait for me to move you every time you move? Where is your reward? Then I see and then I say, do you remember, do you remember what Brother Robertson told you in your dream, in his dream or vision that you had done like Moses? You have forgotten the feeling of your people. You forgot the call that I called you to. May God help us, especially as ministers, Never to lose a feeling for the people. Sometimes when you don't want to help people, you accuse them of laziness. Only to find that you, the main problem, you don't want to help. But I'm, I'm glad in this church is not the case. I've heard even during lockdown how families were there for each other. Without even the knowledge of the pastor, sometimes you reach there, they say, Brother so and so sorted this thing out. Without looking for personal glory, then you realize it's by the grace of God. When you love one another, it makes pastoral office to be easier. Are you still with me? Brother, the message, the handwriting on the wall, paragraph 66. It says, and Daniel was going to purpose in his heart he would be 
true to God and God's weight. And while he was down there, the Lord could use him. Why could he use Daniel? Because he had purposed in his heart. If you want to be used of God, purpose in your heart that you will love him and serve him. And the prophet said, everything will be fine. Are you still with me? You have to purpose in your make take a resolute decision. I am gonna serve God. I am gonna take a stance with God. It's gonna be tougher, but I will take a stance with God. And when you have purpose that, serve Him, and everything will fall into its place. That should be simple. Are you still with me? Now, in the message, brother, I know my Redeemer liveth. Just want to speak about a purpose for a while. I know my Redeemer liveth, paragraph 21. He says, this church was built here for a purpose. Folks, this church, I, I hope, I hope at no point in time does this church lose a sense of its purpose. A church exists for a purpose. Are you still with me? And a lot of times, Brother Brenham says something in one message and a quote, I'll give it to you the other time. He says a lot of times when the church is still small, the church becomes genuine. But as the church grows in numbers, he says most of the time, that church loses its genuineness. Are you still with me? And we've seen it a lot of times. When a church is still small, people are humbled. When a church is still small, people are dedicated to prayer meetings. When a church is small, families have family altar. But as it grows, they move away from those fundamentals. The church was built here for a purpose. And while at it here, I'm not ashamed. As far as I know, the purpose of this church it is to declare the message that was taught by William Branham in the end time and to become a zone for anyone that wants to serve God in the right way to come here and fellowship with saints of like faith. That's the purpose. No other purpose. That's the purpose. This church was built here for a purpose. The foundation was not dark and the cornerstone laid and the blocks laid into the building and the roof and the interior was not put, was not put here just to see if it could be done. It was put here by a purpose and for a purpose. And as we are going to build a new structure, what is the purpose? Is it to outshine another church? If it is to outshine another church, then our objective and our purpose is wrong. And that structure will not be fit for purpose. But what are we doing? Every time we expand the church, all we are simply saying, we are acknowledging there must be a drunkard out there that needs a seat in church. Are you still with me? We are not expanding the seating capacity. We are expanding where souls can come and feed. Your home that you live in, 
was not just accidentally put there or somebody just wasting some time. Your home was made for a purpose and to serve for a purpose. Today when you call your home to be your home, what is the purpose of your home? You wanted to have a family. What was the purpose? You wanted to have a ch- children. What is the purpose? And a lot of times we have told God so many good things as to what the purpose was. But when you check what we told God and where we are, worlds apart. When you wanted a house, the first thing you say, Lord, I want somewhere where I can be able to have peace of mind so that I can serve God. Are you still with me? I wanted to have a place, a secure place, or a place that is sound where I can raise my family so that they can fear God. Every time a believer starts something, they've got good intentions. But what happens down the line may be different. God, I need a car for what? Oh, so that I can come to the service. It comes a week after, not long. That car is no longer coming to church. And you want God to protect that? Are you here, people? God, I need a job. For what? While you're looking, you say, I will never even miss one tithe lot. Give me the job. The same fella that was in God's presence, as soon as the job is there, it's nowhere to be found. I'm I'm interrogating everything that you ask God of. Have you kept it in the state that you required it for or for the purpose that you required it for? God, give me a good wife. Somebody that will support me. You get a wife, then you abuse the very same wife. If you did drive this morning here in your automobile, that automobile was not made just to see if it could be made. The materials was not wasted by men. It was put here for a purpose and to serve a purpose. The clothing that you wear was not just to see if somebody could fashion something it was made clothing. There is a purpose attached to clothing. And yes, sisters, hear me and hear me very well. One can tell what is your purpose behind your clothing. Some clothing is for enticing. Even in church. Modesty is not a religion. It's a personal choice. Done by a dignified woman. I'm going to dress this to reflect self-respect. Are you with me? I was talking to my daughter. She showed me where the shop. She showed me the skirts. And she said, I said, this is not good. She says, but it's not for church. I said, no, we don't have a dress for church and a dress for home. Do you see how it starts? She's very small. But in her mind, this is decent for church. Amen. This one I can wear in any way as long as I'm not in church. That spirit we even see among the elderly. Amen. Dressed very decently on Sunday, but you meet the person during the week, you wonder and say, goodness. 
May we be honest to our convictions. The food that you eat was not grown on the earth just to see it grow. It was made to serve a purpose. And there are some food that have got no purpose. Ice cream. Let's carry on. (laughs) Amen. KFC. I want to get into that. What purpose? 26. And God did not just have to make a tree just to be a tree. He made a tree for a purpose. Brother Philip, you come from an era where you believed in planting trees to create oxygen. The new generation does not believe in planting trees. God did not make you and I. This is now where it is becoming very critical. God did not just make you and I just to see if he could do it. He made us for a purpose. Therefore, there is a purpose of us all being here. You are not here just to be another human being. Brother, you're not, you're not just an addition. In, 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 in drama literature, they would normally have a drama and they will have what they call a cast. And within the cast, they've got, they've got what they call main characters. And, uh, and they would have what they call actresses or, or extras, extras. Now, an extra in a drama never contributes anything. It is when maybe if the main characters are in a restaurant, they are there as an actress just to pass by, to show as if it's a restaurant. They never say a word, they never do anything. Now, I always tell Satan, I am not an extra in the message. I am part of the cast. An actress is never given, an, an extra is never given a script. You know that. You, you don't memorize. They just tell you, show up. And as they are acting, they say, just walk past them. But we are not extras. Every one of us, we've got a script. And the script is the message of the hour. And when you are an actor, you must know your script. You must know what your role is. And you must fit to your role. There are some people that are so good at acting when you they act like a tzotzi and you meet them in the streets, you really become suspicious because they fit into that road. You're not just here to be another and here ministers in this assembly must hear me and hear me very well. Any minister in this church that we make you to minister to this church, we believe in you. And when we believe in you, there are higher expectations. Are you with me? A a life of a minister, it must be, it must be, it must be always, it must be able to stand scrutiny. Are you with me? When, When you make decisions as a minister, they must be solid. For example, I, I, I'm gonna. There are, your personal life can affect the credibility of your message. If I stand here this morning and I owe half of the church money and I didn't pay them, they're not gonna listen to me. As I'm preaching, they are wondering, okay, 
I'm giving practical examples here. And a lot of times, some people think that when you are a pastor, you need to be a social being. I cannot come and sit down with you and watch pirates. You are not going to take me seriously when I preach the gospel. When a pastor moves, a pastor moves by purpose. Are you still with me? We go where we are needed to, in order to nurse the wounds. If you are happy, you are not going to see me. But if there is a problem, you will see me. Or if you invite me for lunch. Okay. Therefore, there is a purpose of us all being here. You are not just, you are, you are here just, you are not here just to be another human being. You are here because that God made you for some purpose. You are not here just to eat the food that God grew. You are not just here to live in the house that man made or to wear the clothes in that somebody fashion. You are here for a specific purpose. No matter how little you are, how big you are, how important you are, how unimportant you are, you are here to serve a purpose. And this one I must emphasize is especially in this church. No matter how little you are, no matter how big you are, no matter how important you are, no matter how important you are, you are here to serve a purpose. Actually, if I take it further, no one in this assembly is less important. I say no one is less, and no one is more important than another one. Actually, all we are seeing, we are seeing all sinners saved by grace. We are just seeing souls that are determined to go to heaven. I hope we are together here. You will see men in this church, even if they are chief. You know, I am moved. I've got a very soft spot for our chief justice day. Mokwe Mokwe. You know that on Sunday is an usher in his church. He's an usher. He's the one that two seats over. Chief Justice. The man that is at the helm of the judiciary on Sunday morning is saving in church. Gown off. Humble. That man, that man must go to heaven. There is substance in that man. A man that will go into the parliament and say, I will kneel down and pray. And people talk and he comes and says, I support Israel. And your and the rest of them, ANC make noise. 